This is the Six Figure Creative Podcast, episode 184. Welcome to the Six Figure Creative Podcast, where our mission is to help you turn your creative passions into a stable, reliable income. If you're in audio, video, design, photography, or really any other creative field, and you just want to learn from other successful creatives, you're in the right place. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Creative Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood, and I'm not here with my bald, beautiful, mustacheless co-host, Christopher J. Graham, because he's got he's got COVID issues. And so, you know, because of that, we're not going to have him today. And instead, we're going to be talking about a topic with a special guest, which I'll get into in a second. We're going to be talking about a topic that I think is relevant for almost every single freelancer on this earth, if you are doing anything worth doing. And that is the topic of ghosting. That is when a client has reached out to you They've expressed some sort of interest in working with you. You've maybe told them a price or you've replied or you've done something and they just ghost. They go off and disappear into the sunset and you never hear from them again. You don't know why. And that's one of the worst things in the world because you can't learn what to change. So today we brought a very special guest, a substitute co-host. I'm loving that, that kind of vibe that we got going on. We did that with Mark Eckert recently. Uh, substitute co-host John McLucas, who was the guest on episode 178 uh, so not that long ago. John, welcome to the show. Brian, it's great to be back. And this is like, this is an incredible, I'm really excited about this because of the backstory, which I'm sure you're going to get into of what, what brought us to sit here. But this is something that I'm ferociously passionate about and helping just in lots of conversation I've had on the internet about it and just can't wait to get into it, man. So thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this actually stems from a conversation that started in our uh, Facebook community. Love it or hate it, Facebook is a thing and our community is absolutely thriving. We have on average any given week, 60 to 70% of that community is active inside the community according to our metrics, which is utterly insane to me. Like I would not expect a community to be that active, which if you look at other metrics, I don't know what the other metrics are, but just generally giant groups of people do not interact at that level inside of settings like that. So if you're not a part of our community, go to sixfigurecreative.com slash community because you're missing conversations like this. So John, on December 26th, though you were like, you were like hungover from the, the Christmas suites. You were like, not feeling very productive. So you decided on December, December 26th to post in our community a pretty lengthy post giving the five methods for virtually eliminating ghosting. And, and it was such a good post. It had really good interaction. And by the way, your episode, by the way, episode 178, great response from our community. I just wanted to make sure you knew that. Uh, great response from our community. You, That's you good to, to know. I, I'm glad. Yeah. So many people have brought that up to me. So I just wanted to make sure you knew that because it makes you feel good, right? But you, you posted these five things and we're going to go through these today because I thought it was such a good post and so helpful for people. And I agreed with every single thing you had on that list. And I just kind of like, honestly, half jokingly post in the comments, you should jump on the podcast and, and we should do an episode about this. And then you just went through the link that I had sent you before and you booked it without really any, <laughs> any real conversation. And I was like, well, you know what? We're going to do a podcast and this is going to be a great one because <laughs> I didn't know if you'd actually be able to do it or not. So this is cool. I mean, when you said it, I was like, I think this is going to be, this could be one of the more important episodes. I think like you're saying for universally, every single person going into the new year or whenever the heck somebody's listening to this, there's not a bad time to understand how to, to continue conversation and how to kind of close the, the, the doom purgatory Mariana's trench of getting ghosted and that frustration. So I, I think it's something that I didn't realize we haven't, hasn't, or may hasn't really been discussed on the podcast like this. And, uh, I couldn't see it any other way. I'm glad we get to go even deeper than the post. 
Yeah. So last episode, Chris and I went pretty deep into lead nurturing. We talked a lot about lead nurturing. You could kind of lump this in with lead nurturing, but I'd actually consider this more of the sales process because a lot of the things you you mapped out that we're going to talk about today, John, they're all things related to sales. And ghosting is a byproduct of sales. When you give out a price or when you're talking actual hard dollars being exchanged, that's when people start to ghost because they it's usually a sign that they they just don't want to let you down, but let's just dive into these things. So I'm going to read these things off, John, we're going to read this and I'm just going to let you go with it. And then I'm going to, we're going to discuss the top to bottom on this list here. So five potential ways to prevent clients from ghosting during the sales process. Number one, number one, I feel like it's like the old countdown from like the, the like nightly shows, you know, like the old uh, daytime or nighttime shows with uh, Dave Letterman, the top 10 list. Number one, get on the phone or zoom ASAP with a qualified lead and get out of direct messages or the inbox if you use email. The DM or inbox is a great way to pre-qualify, but the rapport and the depth and the intimacy in conversations is unmatched. All right, I'm jumping in. Okay, I, I, I don't even remember quite what I wrote because you're reading it to me and you're giving it to me blind again. So I, I love this. I love the intensity. I'm like, what did I write? So I I went through, I think, a pretty large ebb and flow of, of, not, of being anti like phone call. It's too much time. Like phone calls, it's like a lot of work, all this stuff. So I was very in the, the email, you know, just keep the interaction like in this pocket. But what I found, the things I talked about, but something really interesting too, where I had a, a conversation with the client who ended up becoming a very long-term client of mine. And they actually told me, this is very early on, but I was sleeping on the floor still. And they told me, John, the reason I hired you was actually not because of your technical prowess. It, it, if anything, we thought your stuff was a little more unpolished than some of the other people that we were talking to, but you picked up the phone and talked to us. And we were like, wow, no other person we talked to even offered to have a 10 minute call. But here's this guy. We only spent 20 minutes talking. I was in the car with my girlfriend, like driving through LA. <laughs> we were just on the phone. I was just like, hey, this, can I do that? Yeah. So I was like, I just don't know the phone. And that person went on to spend nearly $10,000 working with me over a period of several years, purely because of the phone call. And like, that was the moment where I realized like, holy crap, I, I just out quote outdid so many other people that they were considering purely because I took the time to get to know them and not in a kind of a leechy way, but just to say like, Hey, like, here's who I am. Cat feel my energy, who I am as a person. And that depth and that personability was like, we want to spend more time with this guy. So let's hire him, even though they kind of said also that they weren't my favorite tech, they weren't the favorite technical answer. The personability ended up winning. And that's really what sold me on the concept. I have a couple of videos on YouTube right now. You should go watch if you haven't already. One is, it's something about to the effect why everyone should be doing phone sales or Zoom sales, whatever. And the other one is why everyone should double their rates. And these things go hand in hand because I think there was, I'm going I'm to talk about why that is in a second, but I think there was a, there was a, a blip on the internet probably like five years ago where everything moved to automation and you want things as efficient as possible and you want to spend as little time doing things as possible. And I think that's, it's kind of reversing now where people are looking more like high touch, high quality, but you, the problem with that is you can't do those things. You can't spend a ton of time with people if you're charging minuscule amounts of money. And that's why the pricing thing is so important because you have to, you have to be able to charge a rate that makes sense to be able to hold someone's hands through the entire process. And John made a really good point saying like he wasn't the most qualified person, but at least he was the person that was willing to speak to them on the phone. And the byproduct of that, I don't know what your rates were back then, John, they were probably decent enough, but the byproduct of that was you picked up a client whose lifetime value was over $10,000. And when you put it that way, 
like, think about that. Just, just think about that from a logical perspective. Are you willing to get on the phone for 20 minutes with someone if the lifetime value of that person is $10,000 plus? To me, that's an absolute yes. It's a no-brainer, absolutely. But I think it goes hand in hand with the pricing thing too because so many people are trying to do this whole fully automated lead nurture and sales system and they don't want to get on the phone and they want people to actually buy the service on the website through a checkout process, you know, and then collect files and then you do this stuff and you never send it to them. And I'll poke at Chris Graham even though he was not a here. That was kind of how he ran his mastering business for years. He's shifted away from that, thankfully. But I think a lot of that was just Going back to the business model, when you charge such a small amount of money, that's your only option if you're going to scale to any significant amount of money is doing all this automated stuff that takes the it takes it from a relationship to a transaction. And when you take it from a relationship to a transaction, that's when it's just not a business, a good business anymore. It's it's not enjoyable. It doesn't work as well. And yes, going to the ghosting thing, when you actually speak to someone face to face or on the phone or actually have a genuine human connection with them and can build a relationship, they're much less likely to simply ghost you and never reply to you. It's much easier to ghost somebody who you've only talked to through DM or text or social media or email. It's much easier to ghost those people than someone that has taken 20 minutes out of their day to talk to you. Yeah, there's a reciprocity that they feel to at least give you the politeness to say, hey, I'm not interested or, you know, we hired somebody else to either just tell you no or to be honest about whatever the thing is that's going on in their life. So if you can if you can offer that to them, like, hey, I'd love to jump on a call about it. That can help you get out of the zone. But this is also, I think, of these five, this is the one that's like a preventative measure where it, also the medicine is is before the issue exists will prevent this from happening more is to get them on the call. Once the moment that they say the, the handful of like basic preliminary things, just shoot them a link, have them book a Calendly, whatever you use. And that depth will then prevent them from being like, oh, well, that guy I talked to who was like really chill and a really cool person, like I don't want to talk to them ever again. They're not important. Blah, they're terrible. Like that's very hard to say when I just spent you know, 30 to 60 minutes like connecting and just trying to understand their story and get to know them. That That's a very dissonant thing. They'd have to really think that I suck. Yes. All right. So I think that's number number one, get on the phone ASAP. Let's move on to number two here. And this is your lo- longest of all the posts. So I'm just going to read it word for word. And then you're, we're going to talk about it again. Number two, way to prevent or eliminate ghosting with clients. And this is don't throw out pricing in direct messages. And I would assume, I would say the same with text and email as, way, as well. More often than not, if I get asked I provide a range of what it's been in the past and let them know the best way to make sure I provide accurate pricing is to have a quick chat, which actually goes back to number one there, which is getting on the phone. Um, I typically do it over voice memo or video clip when I'm saying it as well. It makes it much more disarming and you control the tone instead of leaving them, instead of leaving it to them. And then you go on to say, uh, don't just, this is not just supposed to be like a move, some sort of trick you're playing. You should care about providing a service based on what they need. Even as someone who is typically has a fixed rate on the phone, you can find out if they need additional things or if they need to solve additional problems. So, so often I've had this be the case and then I prescribe a solution accordingly. Yeah. The, the hardest thing, like, like the ghost, this is another similar ghost preventative measure, but it is both so true and and not many people phrase it that way, where when we're talking about pricing, like you said, yeah, we a lot of us have a fixed number that we have like in mind, like the most basic version, or the most middle of the road version of it, but hardly people fit into that box. I've found somebody wants that our cash flow. So, okay, we've got to get the arranger. You want, you want the, you know, this thing or the, to do this kind of experience. We need to change those variables. 
if you just throw out a blanket number, first off, you're probably wrong. That number is probably incorrect. And then two, they're going to say, they're just going to compare you as that number without having depth that, or even an understanding that you're the right person. You don't even know if you're the right person for this yet. And you're throwing out prices at them. Willy nilly. I don't like that. That's terrible. That's the only thing I could think of. Shout out my Nana for that. But I don't really know what else to take this. So I'm going to pass it off to Brian while I recollect my thoughts on what more to say. So I was actually having a conversation today with someone who wanted to hire me. And we got to the point where I just realized it wasn't a good fit. And I told him that. And he wanted to know, and it was one of those things where like, maybe it makes sense more in the future or whatever, but he wanted to know pricing what I charge. And I actually told him, and I was, and I, I was being honest. I said, so this is for my coaching business coaching, by the way. So it made sense in this context, not for freelance work, you know, but I told him, I said, just a good sales tip for you. Don't give out blanket pricing when someone doesn't understand the full value of what you offer. Because although the pricing is like the same from person to person for me, even though it's a flat rate, I still make sure someone fully understands the value of what they're getting for that price before I give the number. And this is 100% relevant in freelancing services as well. Because as a freelancer, if you throw out a blanket rate, you charge a flat rate for something, whether you're a mastering engineer, a mixing engineer, you're doing a design, you're doing a logo, you're doing uh, a photo shoot of some sort, you're doing a wedding, whatever it is, like when you give that price out, they are simply going to compare it to other prices based on what they know to understand that service entails. But when you actually get them on the phone, blatantly putting this text out in the world, when you get them on the phone and you can, and you can actually let them know, like understand their pain points, understand why they need, what they need help with, and then be able to prescribe the actual solution to what they need and shape the thing that you're offering them around their pains and what they need. The pricing makes much more sense within that context. So the number one, like I hear this all the time, people can't get the projects because of the pricing mismatch. Like they, people can't afford you. Usually ghosting is a, is a symptom of that, by the way. People ghost you because they, they can't afford you or they don't think you're worth what you're charging. It's likely really the issue of you not fully helping them understand the value that you provide. And when you send a text out or a DM of your rates, I, I can promise you they, don't, they likely don't fully understand the value that you're providing them in what you do, especially if you're doing anything different from your competitors, which you should be doing because you shouldn't just be doing what everyone else is doing or else you just are offering a commodity, which is a completely different conversation than we're having today. Yeah, the I think that's a great point because when when in almost kind of like put put it in a different way, if you throw it out in the DM, they're gonna look at it like they would compare buying two pounds of this potato compared to buying two pounds of that potato. It's like, well, I'm making a stew. What's the cheapest potato I can do to get me a stew? But like that that's how they end up seeing all of these different options. But the beauty of being a creative freelancer and for everybody who's who's offering something, who's listening right now, even if we have a similar on the surface thing, it's going to be inherently different. The way that your process works is going to be different than somebody else's. And whoever can communicate those differences best is going to have a better shot at winning that project. Go back to number one, get them on the phone or at minimum deliver it in a video clip. You get to control the tone. You get to throw out a realistic range that you have charged an authentic actual range. You have charged people for a similar comparable service understand and communicate to them that it is important to get more information. Oh, one more thing you said that I didn't address, John, was where you told them, you'll tell them a range in a video clip. You might tell them like, you know, in the past has been this much, but you know, to really understand what you need. The cool thing about that, that I forgot to even mention is that that pre-qualifies people. If they are not even in the same ballpark of that pricing budget range, then they likely won't book a call with you. And that's okay. Like, in most cases, you do not want someone who is outside of your league. Like if they literally can't afford you, your job is to go out there and generate 
higher quality leads, more people that can't afford your services. And if you're not doing that, if you're wasting time with the, the oh God, I hate to use the, the term, no, I'm not even gonna say it. People who are not at the top of the rung, if, fine, I'm just gonna say it. If you're working with bottom feeders, then they're gonna waste your time and you're gonna feel like, you're gonna feel beaten down. That's, that's really the, honestly the reality of it. You're gonna feel beaten down and you're gonna not have the confidence to raise your rates because every single person you talk to just tells you the same story that they can't afford you because you just refuse to actually go out there and, and get better leads. Yeah, and, and without going into that rabbit hole, that is, you're right, that's a, that's a positioning issue and in a messaging issue, if you throw out a, a large range and then every everybody's petrified, then there's a very different thing than ghosting. Like, then the reason you're getting ghosting is you're positioned and attracting the wrong people with your content, with whatever you're, you're outputting. And then that's a, t- that's not, then it's not a ghosting issue. And then we've solved it for you. True. <laughs> it's a totally different thing going on. And then you look up all the episodes that Brian and Chris have about positioning, bada bing, bada boom. Yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah, if, if the income range, if the if the range you give them gives them sticker shock, you're likely having a positioning if you, issue. Once you fully, if you've got on the phone with them and talked to them and their sticker shock, meaning like their eyes get big when you tell them a number, that's likely a, a sales uh, process issue or you're just bad at what you do and they didn't expect it to be that much. But either way, the big thing about this, and let me just kind of let you know why we're going kind of off topic here. The whole point of making people not ghost you is so that you can learn what the problems are. When someone ghosts you, and I should have talked about this sooner, when someone ghosts you, you have no idea why. Like you don't know what the problem was, why they went with someone else or why they didn't hire you. So by doing some of the things we're talking about today, you actually learn so you can adapt. So if you know it's your pricing and you know you did everything right in the sales process, you know you did everything right in the qualification and the nurture process, kind of going backwards in the steps here, then likely your pricing is, you're either going after the wrong person or your pricing needs to come down. And that's the reality in some situations. Every market has a cap. Like it's, there's an elastic, elasticity. So the higher you go, the less people there are to, to work with. And there is a diminishing return on rate increases. So at a certain point, there is no way you can increase the rate to that person. And some of the stuff we're talking about today, eliminating ghosting is helping you understand if that is really the root cause in, in your sales woes. Mm-hmm. Well said. All right, number three here. So just to reiterate, I'm going to keep doing this just to keep people on, on track here. Number one was get on, the, get on Zoom or get on the phone ASAP. Number two is stop throwing out your pricing in DMs, texts, and emails through a text format. And number three, you say, find ways to create authentic scarcity early on. Oh, this is my favorite one, I think. Find ways uh, uh. to create authentic scarcity early on. As an example, one of the most valuable things I can understand is a desired end date and deadline so that I can use that as a means to follow up. So you'll say, and you put in quotes here, hey, John, or hey, Billy, remembered our chat earlier and you wanted to be wrapped up by, let's just say March 15th. So if the deadline is still the goal, or if that deadline, so if that deadline is still the goal, I'd want to make sure we start by, let's call it February 1st. So we can make this project the best we can without the extra pressure. If that is changed or you just hate me, just let me know and feel free to say something obscene or insulting. The more creative, the better. I love this so much. You actually kind of talk about uh, the end of that sentence right there and the next point. So we'll talk about the self-deprecating stuff in a second. But I love that, dude. Authentic scarcity. Talk about that. Yeah, it, it, it goes back to putting in scarcity. People are, you have a lot of feelings on side. They're like, oh, they land on like some companies that sell plugins that are very low quality and they like make you anxious into purchasing them. And that's what people think of as scarcity. So they get, they have a a narrative built up in their own head about it. When this software is 98% off for the, only for the next three seconds, hit the button to buy now quickly. Yeah. 
after these 3000 licenses, we're going to shut it down forever until another sale. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you think that any urgency to make so to, 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 to try to get somebody off the fence is, is negative and bad. But what the point of like any conversation should be is to under, right. This goes back to the whole point, which is understanding what they need and then helping them get where they told you they want to go. And it's authentic scarcity is just that it's just, Hey, you told me this, is this still true? If so, we should, this, this should be our start date because this is the timeline that we talked about. Um, if that's changed, let me know. But I just want to make sure that you are on track for 2022 or 20, whatever the freaking year it is. And that you're going to have a really successful year with insert project scope. So now it's just, it's an actual authentic reason to follow up instead of doing the, this is like the typical thing, right? Hi, Brian, just checking in. You want to start? Like that's, that tends to be it. And then that hurts because that was my follow-up process for like, I think I actually have a follow-up guide. If you go to followup.guide, that's the URL, you can get my 60-day my follow-up sequence. And I'm pretty sure like at least two or three of those follow-ups are simply just that. So while not the best, it still does work. It's just not as effective as something like this where you have an actual date pushing people along. And the cool thing is, and you, you talked about this, is it's the date they set for themselves when you had your sales conversation. So it is a date that's not just pulled out of thin air. That's the date they said they wanted this project done by. So by saying... If this is the date you still want this done by, you would need to get started by the sooner date. Let's just call it one month sooner. So let me know if the date has changed or, you know, or just tell me to go heck off. Yeah. When you send out a message like that too, first off, when it doesn't come off desperate, right? Like the whole, like if you're just, you're dating a girl, you're dating a guy, you're, you're dating anybody and then you just text them again. Like, so how about another date? Yeah. It's just like, oh my Lord, <laughs> that's very uncomfortable. But with this way, it's an authentic way to come in and people will feel a lot more obligated to give you a response. Like they will feel like, oh, I should probably tell him something now because he, he was, I, I did tell him I want to do it by April, which is true. It's like, you told me that, like, I don't know. I, my job is to keep you on track with the things you hit me up about. Yeah, there's a bit of like, there's a bit of uh, like a mental thing there where you are genuinely trying to help make sure the project is going along. You do get a benefit of like, maybe selling them and closing them because they're going to be like, oh, sh dang, I need to get this deposit into him or I need to, to, to book this. The thing is, if they've already moved on or they went with someone else or the dates changed or something happened, they feel obligated to let you know because you you are trying to help them. And it, versus like, hey, John, just checking in. How's this coming along? You know, like that's easy to ignore. Yeah, yeah. I'll just open that and then go on to the next thing. Like, I'm good. But yeah, it, it's just, it's nice. And then they feel, okay, this is a real reason to follow up, which it is. And I will at least tell them, yeah, we hired the other guy. We hired this other person. We hired them or I'm not interested or yeah, I got in a car crash. I, I just spent $30,000 on my deductible <laughs> and I need to start in seven months. And then, then you can adjust accordingly, but 91% not science of the time, it will get some kind of a response. And so you can stop following up with them and change maybe your approach to how you would nurture them as opposed to keep knocking on the door and like, Talk to me. Yeah. So there's there's actually uh, something else to talk about here. And it's probably worth pointing out the difference between something here. Because we've, we've used two words. And they both have similar effects, but they mean something different. We use the word scarcity and we've used the word urgency. And these are kind of like cousins or, or brothers or something. Like what you're talking about where there's a date attached to it. And by not hitting this date, we're going to miss out. That's, that's called urgency. There's like, there's an urgency to get it done or else you're not going to hit this date. And that's when you see the countdown timers and all that crap. 
Scarcity is saying there's a limited quantity of something and you can use that same exact effect. And I've used this for years as in my studio, which is like, hey, I am booked up for the next six months. And so just so you know, like until I get a deposit, you're not on my calendar. <laughs> so if you are genuinely trying to get on my calendar by June, then we need to get the deposit sooner than later. And so that would kick people into gear because I, there was genuine scarcity on my calendar. Like, and it's kind of an urgent urgency too, to get it done before it gets booked up, but it's scarcity. So they kind of are hand in hand, but it is worth noting that it's two different strategies. Like scarcity is an amount of something that's, that's limited, which all of us as freelancers, our time is a limited factor. So if there's genuinely a scarcity in your time, you need to make sure you communicate that to your clients because that is a wonderful sales tool, especially when it is genuine. And then there's urgency as we get closer and closer to dates that they have expressed need to hit deadlines on. Deadlines create by default, urgency. And so that can be an effective sales tool as well. And both of these things by default eliminate or can reduce or eliminate ghosting. Yes, it gets great. And thank you for that. That's actually a great point. And I hadn't even quite heard it articulated like that. It's almost like you have done a lot of podcasts. This is episode 184, I believe, if I'm, if I, if I'm not messing up my, my math here, but I've done a few. I've done a few, man. Yeah, I've done a few. Not as many as some, but I've done a few. Have you ever actually sat down and thought about where your next client will come from? Most freelancers don't because most freelancers, number one strategy for getting new clients is something called hope marketing. And if that sounds like you, you're not alone. Most freelancers think that just by putting out great work, clients will come banging down your door to hire you. Now, while you obviously do need to be good at what you do, we both know that this strategy does not work. Otherwise, your calendar would be 100% booked solid with amazing projects from your ideal clients. So to help you with this fight against hopium addiction, I'm excited to announce that our flagship coaching program, Clients by Design, has finally opened up applications again. This transformational coaching journey is not a one-size-fits-all. It's tailor-made just for you. We'll do a deep dive into your business to see what's missing, and we'll lay out a step-by-step roadmap to guide you over the next six to eight months. And here's the best part. We don't just give you the plan and send you on your way. We give you personal one-on-one help so you never get stuck. And we make sure you actually follow through with something called our absolute accountability system. So if you're ready to stop relying on hope marketing and ready to start building your own client acquisition machine so you can get a steady flow of clients, then it's time to step up and apply for clients by design and see if you're a good fit. Just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. And I'll be the first to say that this program is not for everyone. So far, we've only accepted about 25% of those who apply. So if you want to find out if you're a good fit, just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach and fill out the application. Now here's our show. All right, let's move on to number four. So just to recap, I'm going to recap every time here. Uh, Number one, to, to eliminate ghosting is to get on the phone or Zoom ASAP. Number two is don't throw out pricing willy-nilly through text and DMs. Number three is to find a way to create authentic scarcity or urgency early on or both. And number four, and this is a, a short, your shortest by far, it's you say, self-deprecation works well for me. It gets a good chuckle and response almost always. So let me just kind of, before you comment on that, I just need to say, like, just kind of frame this. When people ghost you, that is just them not responding to your emails, texts, or phone calls, or voicemails, or whatever, DMs. They're not responding. And so you're just saying really quickly here, when you put self-deprecation in the texts or emails that you send out, when you put self-deprecation in there, or the videos you send them, people tend to respond to that. And their response, by default, is eliminating the ghosting. They're saying something back. So why, why, John, why does self-deprecation work well for you? Well, the good news is I don't have the scientific answer. All I have is the data of my life (laughs) and trying this out and seeing how it's gone. 
So I will not give you the science answer, but I will give you the uh, guy who's done it answer. And expanding on the third point about having urgency, scarcity, a, a reason to say something back, the other side of that is it can be informational, but I've also found that when it's like super personal and kind of relatable and funny, that also just totally disarms the awkward, invisible, like interrogation style interaction that it can, that it has felt like in the past for people. I'm sure people probably sweating thinking about that. You know, it, it just disarms that whole when you're like, yeah. And if you think I'm just, I've told on video, I'm like, yeah, if you just think I'm like really ugly or just like terrible or something, that's great. Just, just let me know. Like it'd be kind of funny and I might screen cap it and put it on the internet, but it would be hilarious. So either way, just let me know how you're feeling. Cheers. And, and they just have a good time. And now, now this is what it does like in my head as a non-science man. It takes it from like a business transaction to there's a little bit of humanity. And it, it's just like, oh, it's not just this guy who who's wondering if, if I'm going to hire him. It, it feels like we've broken that. Now we're just kind of two humans joking around. And that's a really hard thing to do you know, on, on a text even. Yeah, it's like I always do that on the video or the audio. And it just creates personability, right? They chuck, they're like laughing. And then they're like, oh my God, like, yo, you're great, man. I just ended up doing that or I ended up doing this or I need to wait two more months. This happened. Or actually I'm ready. I just, last week, some crazy stuff happened. Can, can we start uh, at that time? And, and it just, it's just very disarming. It takes off all the weirdness gunk and it just gets them comfortable to play into the joke. And everybody likes having fun and laughing a little bit extra in their day. So why not bring that to them? Yeah. And like the, just to kind of add to that, like self-deprecation, that's just your form of humor. The one that you have chosen that has, has worked well for you. That doesn't have to be the way everyone does it, but humor is basically like, is a great way to, to help with sales. We actually interviewed, um, the, one of the co-founders of the obedient agency on episode 177. I remember that one. Fantastic episode. That agency, they specialize in humor-based marketing and they have a, like a cult following, which is really cool to see. Like my, my wife's the one that, that showed them to me. And so that was an, ep- an awesome episode if you're trying to figure out a way to include humor in your marketing, but also in your sales process. Because like you just said, to move it from a transaction to a relationship, humor is a great way to bridge that gap. And when you've bridged that gap and you've turned it into a relationship and shown that you're an actual human and you're not just a bot or an automated message sent out to them, they all of a sudden seem to respond more, right? And with so many keyboard warriors want to hide behind their keyboard and not actually speak to another human or do anything that might be misconstrued as humor, it can be tough to, to, to break that mold. And man, I just, I just know our community well enough to know that a lot of people are, are like, they, they, sh- they sweat at the idea of, of adding humor into things that they do especially if they don't consider themselves a funny person. But that, this is a great way to eliminate ghosting because when they feel connected to you, they're not going to ignore you. I don't know that many people that have really good friends that would just straight up ignore them. And it's because that relationship has been built up. Yeah, and I love that you expanded on it and just brought it back to humor because that's super true. If people, like if somebody's like a good singer and they want to sing a 12 second ditty, just, you know, a little video clip, you know. Ryan. It's okay if you don't want to do a project. You don't have to do a head and it's okay. Just let me know because I'm going to book some other shit soon. Like, I don't know. Like, but that's okay, yeah. What's funny is I, I, I can't wait for people to like hear this at like two or two and a half X speed. Some people listen to our podcast really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But actually that, that little song, that little ditty you just did brings us perfectly into number five, the last on the list and one that is probably the least utilized. Uh, but before we get to number five on this list and the final thing on this list, I'm going to recap again. Number one, 
to eliminate ghosting, get on the phone and Zoom or Zoom ASAP. Number two, don't just throw out pricing willy-nilly through DM. Number three, find ways to create authentic scarcity or urgency early on in your sales process. Number four, self-deprecation or humor works well for getting responses to people if they start ghosting you. And the number five on the list is video clips. You said video clips are so dope when interacting in general. Be concise and don't go longer than 40 to 60 seconds, but people are so all caps that so much friendlier when they are responding to your flesh and face than a DM or text. Personally, I've always seen more success in DM versus email, side note, and hope this helps y'all get out of the ghost zone. Ultimately, remember that it's about discovering if you're the best person to help, not trying to suckle their toes for every dollar possible. Now go forth. Love you, fam. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is... It, it is how I write. That's that's unfiltered, John. It's similar to our other substitute co-host, uh, Mark Eckert, who kind of writes similarly. He was just like really, really free with the language of like just fun of funny thoughts and imagery and, and like suckle your toes. Okay, get out of here with that. But the point is video, video or audio. And you, you kind of sang your little song and it's because you would do something like that when responding to somebody try to get a response from them. When you're, when you send a video like that, if you're trying to sing to somebody in order to elicit response, that's a way of being humorous, kind of self-deprecating all through video in an effort to keep them from ghosting from you. So you can actually learn from what didn't work or did work or just spur them on further into actually booking with you. Yeah. I think now more than ever, but even more so with the pandemic and the shift to the digital world, people have always, but are especially now even more craving personal interaction and connection to something. And a simple video clip is so, so powerful to, again, right? This, right, if we're going back, like the principles of disarming, personalization, you feel like who the heck takes a minute out of their day to actually film a video? Like I'll go on, a, like I'm on a walk and then I'm like, hey, oh. <laughs> like hold on a second. And I'll be like, hey, what's popping? Da, da, da. Like not even just for ghosting, but this goes beyond that. This goes for when people reach out to me. I almost always now, because all of my stuff comes in through DM. I'm almost always sending video clips or at worst audio clips um, back in response. This is just a move. This is like a, a move and approach that I have that builds such a depth right off the bat. And they'll almost always respond with, that was so cool. Nobody's ever sent me that. And then in ghosting phases as well, very specifically, they are going, it's a lot harder to ignore when somebody takes the time to send you a video and you say their name. And then you combine number three with, scarcity, urgency, authentic scarcity, urgency about their deadlines. And then you throw in a little bit of humor. Like this is the Mecca. Like this number five is like bringing it all home into an incredible outreach process that is, it's just hard to say no to like in our hearts when somebody takes the time. If you send me a video clip, Brian, like how could I not respond with at least like two sentences? It would be very uncomfortable for me. This is true. So Honestly, if I were to put this together and my TikTok editor is going to love this because he can just turn this into one little clip here. If I were to put this into like one little nice and neat guide for everyone here, just to kind of recap everything, it is first, don't throw out pricing in a DM. So when someone reaches out to you for rates, you don't just send out a price. Maybe you send out a range to make sure they're in the right ballpark, but you get them on a call so that you can actually figure out what they need and prescribe the solution that they are actually after and what that might cost. And then during the call, you also get a deadline. When are they trying to reach their, their goal? When are they trying to get the thing done? Which creates this 
immediate scarcity and urgency to get the project started in time to get the, the thing done by the deadline that they're looking to get it done by. So now when you follow up doing all the things that John talked about in this episode, which is sending video uh, messages with humor, self-deprecating humor in John's case, uh, using video audio clips, making stupid songs. There's genuinely no way on earth you'll get ghosted by your client if you do all these things because you like, this is foolproof. Like to me, this is foolproof. You will not get ghosted. I will go out now and say like with my flag in the ground, you will not get ghosted if you do all of those things in your sales process moving forward. Yeah. And, and, on t- oh no, I had a great point. Where'd it go? Ah, thank goodness for James. Could you imagine if this is live? I, I'd be so anxious. Okay. Oh, you think that John, you think he's going to edit that out? No, there's no way that's, that's staying in. No, it's okay. It's right. Uh, I did a lot of live streams back in the day. So when I had, to, when, when I, th- that was my main method. But I think what I was going to say too, I wanted to actually expand on point. I'm going a little out of order. Oh, it's fine. I don't care. We, this is a, this is our podcast and we always do this. So you're not, you're right in line with Chris Graham. It's fine. <laughs> Damn roasted. So the, when talking about the third point where we want to f- finding about deadlines, that's also something you can do as an initial response to reaching out. Like you don't even have to wait. If, if you, are in a position where you are getting a little choosier. Like I started doing this a while ago where I would just be like, Hey, I'll send a video clippy. Hey, Hey, Jimmy what's popping. Thanks for reaching out. I would love to hear a little bit more about it, but actually before you even get into that, like, do you have like a general timeline when you wanted to get started or, or just when you want to be done? Because I want to make sure that this would even be something I, I could accommodate and really serve you well with in, in the next coming months. So just like, let me know really quick. And if not, I could, you know, I'll love, but, just let me know. Right. So it's just something where, where I'll get that information up front. And then now if they kind of don't book the call, if I send a link and they kind of aren't booking the call, I could, I could reach back out after enough time has passed and then say like, Hey, didn't know if that yeah April deadline was like, so it gives me kind of that ability to, to, to mention it sooner than having to get on the phone. And I feel like I've had conversations about this with people in the community where they're like, Oh, but that's like, this kind of a scummy thing. It's like, yo, they just told me they want to get this done and it's my job to get it done. I don't want them to hit me up in six weeks after they said they want to get started. And then like, can I still have it in eight days? And it's like, no, it's, it's my job to make sure that I can also help you well. And because of that, it is my duty to follow up with you. If you told me that you have specific deadlines you want to meet, I, I couldn't actually help you as well. If I let you just like yeet yourself into my life whenever whenever you thought it was the right time. And then you're like, oh, it's three more months than I thought. Like, like, and then we have this whole awkward thing. So I think that's the one part I wanted to add. And this is just honestly, part of good sales, in my opinion, is understanding what their ultimate goal is and then creating value by helping them get there by the time that they wanted. And so some people call that sketchy, I guess, maybe if you're using it for sales. But again, at the end of the day, if your genuine goal is to help someone get the outcome that they're they're looking for, then it's your, it's your obligation. And, and especially if you are the right person for the job, if you're the best option they have given their budget location and, and whatever else, whatever their next best option is, if you're the right person for the job, then it's your obligation to help them keep on the path that they want to go on. So that's just to me, it's a, it's a subtle mindset shift when it comes to sales to like get yourself in that place. But if you don't genuinely believe in what you do, that you're the right person for the job, that's genuinely probably one of the reasons that people get coasted in the first place because you were so like unsure that you're right for them and it came through on the conversation you had and they just don't want to ever talk to you again because they're just like, God, this guy was, this guy was weird. 
And, and I don't want anyone in our community falling for that sort of stuff. So just to kind of wrap this all up, I want to say one thing, kind of kudos to John here and, and challenge our, our own community that's listening right now. John, I should have mentioned this earlier. The episode title was 100, episode 178, From Homeless to $130,000 a Year in Just Three Years with John McLucas. Good episode title. Episode's done really well. Great feedback. All that to say, John is successful. And despite that, and John, John's relatively busy. Like I imagine he stays pretty busy if he's earning 130K a year within mental health reasons. Maybe you're not overexerting yourself. <laughs> but all that to say, John still participates in our Facebook community and adds really valuable posts and replies to comments, some comments which people never really see. It's just something he's genuinely helping one person one time and one comment in like a reply thread and spending a lot of time typing things out. And I think this goes, this is a good just thing to bring up because the reason John is so successful is because he is willing to go above and beyond in all things that he does. He's excellent in all things he he does and he doesn't half-ass any of the things that he does. And so many people can learn from that because they think, well, what's in it for me? Why should I spend time typing out this, this long reply to this one person who's struggling with this one thing, even though I'm excellent at this one thing, I'm not going to give it the time of day. And it, for that reason, you will likely continue to struggle because it's a mindset thing. John is a go-giver and the people who are go-givers, meaning they give without expecting to receive back. Those are the people that have the most success. So now that I've done complimenting you, John, and you can just feel all awkward I just want to say thanks for participating in our community and posting wonderful things like this. And I see your, your stuff inside of there and what you're helping people with, despite being successful and busy and all the other excuses you could make for not participating in the group. Thank you so much, man. I, I appreciate that a ton. I have a few things I wanted. I wanted to add a couple of things really quick that I think would be super important for people. Two and a half things. One being what you said was like, this is almost a very uh, Dan Henry thought, like something that I think I really picked up from him was when you view the the go-giver concept as like, why should I give to my people? But like, why should I give to others if they're not going to give to me? Like that, if that's your mindset on building a business, that's why you're attracting those kinds of people. Nobody's getting magnetized to the selfish, whiny turd person who who's very crabby and grumpy. That does not attract and, and magnetize I'm working on my prickliness, John. I'm working on it. Okay. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be less prickly. You're glowing. You're a glowing. This is my new lighting that I got. Do I look any better? You're a glowing blowfish. It's it's beautiful, luminous. But then the, the other part too, like I want to add it, a ninja sixth point to this because I think everything we talked about getting ghosted, the other part that's been really huge for myself personally and what I've really built the back of my like entire business on has been through content marketing and through content output. And when you are continually releasing things, even if, okay, I'm just it's so weird. I will have people reach out to me, have watched a lot of my stuff, mention it, uh, things that they've watched and seen and observed or, or heard, and they've never liked, they've never commented. They're just, they are in the shadows. They're called lurkers, lurkers. We have a lot of those in our, in our community. And that is first, like, first off, it was shocking to me, but then I realized like, well, yeah, even when somebody ghosts me, I've had people come back at over time because they continually see my content come out. They continually see me posting wins from people that work with me, they continually see the things that I have going on for myself. And they say, wow, this guy continues to X, Y, Z, man, I, I better, I, I should probably get back with that. Cause I just worked with, uh, and Bibbidi Boop, that experience with them was, was very lukewarm, soggy pancake. And so like th- just the output of, of regular content alone is that 
subliminal nurture where I don't have to tell them I'm actively doing this. Oh, I don't have to be like, well, you know, I make cool stuff. It's like, just, you'll see it. <laughs> it's a lot. I put out a lot of stuff and then you just hear me build enough vocal stacks and then you put out a song with subpar vocal production and <laughs> you're like, oh man, that thing sounds way better than my last experience was like, holy crap. So like, that's, I think that's like the ninja backside of all of this too where even one to two things a week, if I know people are very content first, if, if they haven't done it, just that little minimum effective dose can be really helpful if kept consistent to still nurture and let the ghosted, if they've been lost, we cannot, we cannot recover them from whatever the circumstances, they can still digest it and then they can come back when they're ready, but they will remember you because you're top of mind through the content you're putting out. Yeah, and if you want to go deeper on this topic, we, we covered it. You know, We didn't talk about any specific platforms, I don't think. But we just covered nurturing in, in detail in episode 183, the one before this. So this should be last week's episode if all things come out on time the way we expect them to. Maybe it hasn't come out yet, who knows? But, and just to add one more thing to that, uh, I think there's, there's this is a whole other discussion, but I think a lot of people are averse to doing content because they think it's an all or nothing approach. They think that like, you have to put like, I think we put out four TikTok videos a day for Six Figure Creative right now. And people see that and they're like, there's no way in hell I'm doing that. Like I'm not putting out four TikTok videos a day. That's stupid. And I, I would agree with you. It is stupid, but that doesn't mean you can't put out two a week because two a week is better than nothing. It may not grow you to like, I think we're at 11, 12,000 followers now in like, you know, relatively short amount of time in less than six months, but it will get you somewhere and it'll keep you top of mind or some other content, Instagram, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just something to keep you top of mind with the people that are in your world. And if you're not willing to put in enough to at least do bare minimum on that, then it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be tough, soggy pancakes for you. <laughs> That's the way to put it for John. Yes. So I think we can wrap this episode up because we're kind of off topic now. But John, thanks for, first of all, posting that in our community. Thanks for coming on the podcast to dive into all this stuff. Again, where can people go to connect or do whatever with our substitute co-host, Mr. John McLucas? I actually do have a a, a pitch or an offer to make. Oh, you didn't have one last time. Fun, t- fun. Yes, go. Yes. Okay. I would love to because I don't even know if we've discussed this, but over the last 15 months, I've worked with eight people in their business with content marketing and building out their business through an attraction approach where we work to get people to come to, to them instead of doing outreach. It's all based upon creating things that are very specifically targeted, getting conversations started, turning those conversations, discovering how we can help them and doing very quick and dirty trials of offers on small scales. And then we find that magic. And then we've been able to blow it up and have it go really, really well. I've literally never discussed it publicly only ever I've when somebody's DM'd me I feel like whatever inbox you send these people to is going to blow up so first of all who is this for and who is this not for because that's an important distinction the, no the, this is actually a very specific offer for people uh, to, to also say off the bat because one thing I, I find really important for myself is that I'm always implementing in the field like I I will only bring things to other businesses or to other creative freelancers that I feel very strongly about and have done myself. So I keep this small because I I will never just do that. I want to be running actively my business here and then say, these are the top 10% that I've done for the last 12 months. Refined down, distilled for you guys, go do this. And then I'm always talking about what I'm doing that week or that month. It is very specifically for people who have a service business or a mentorship offer. There's a lot of, actually a handful of people I've done where they have an audience that wants access to them. And they've been doing like 60 to $80 an hour, just like one-off lessons. And I, I shame them. I hit them on the head. 
and I say, stop it. Yeah. So really between those two, if you are a creative service provider um, or you have some business where you are working at like a medium rate and want to get much higher and attract the right people through content and build something that, again, this isn't like a two weeks, you're going to be huge. But the guys who have been doing this for the year now, it's, it's just on autopilot. They just get people coming in or they have the conversations, they get to talk to them. It's just a matter almost always of like, how do we figure out the logistics of offering a couple of payment plan options and then they get them on board and work. So it's about finding the right people and building something that will pay dividends for the next 10 years, not like flash in the pan, do a crypto offer. and then. (laughs) Oh God, don't get me started on that stuff, man. (laughs) So it's very specifically for that. It's a long-term commitment. So this isn't something where we sit down for an hour. This is 12 months in the depth, in the weeds together. If that sounds like something you're interested in, working to attract the perfect client who is ready and eager to invest with you and doing it through content and through building like what I consider like the ultimate trust factor through content marketing, then you can go to johnmclucas.com slash consulting and you can fill out some information there. One thing I had to talk to my assistant about is this is probably gonna be maxed out at 10 people because that's probably what I can handle and like deeply serve. I could probably take on like more, but I'm more, again, I think talking about go-giving mentality, it's about legacy. I don't want to be the guy who, who like said yes to everything and then serve people mediocrely. But yeah, if that sounds appealing to you, johnmcclugas.com slash consulting, let's have a conversation. I actually, fun fact, turned down the last two people. And if that happens, that's totally cool because I, I can't help a chiropractic business who's opening a brick and mortar store. As dope as the guy was, I have no idea what to do there. So I sent him, I sent him a bound and I'm actually going to meet him for lunch in the next in two months in Atlanta and I'm just going to hang out with him and do that. So that's my offer. If people are interested, you can go there and it'll be in the show notes or wherever I'm sure that's put and excited to have a conversation with you. If it seems like that's where you want to take your business and you want to build something that'll last the test of time. 